This is Monday, August 16th. We continue our study called Living Free from the Book of Numbers. Now, have you ever had a, such a moving experience that your words run out? You just can't say anything. Perhaps you just cannot put into words what you're feeling. Maybe it's because something tragic has happened that stops you in your tracks, or something shocking takes place, and you really don't know how to speak about it. You're literally left speechless. This happened to me almost a year ago. I found on my phone a voicemail from my sister-in-law telling me to call her straight away. I could hear the distress in her voice, the tears, and I called her back. She told me that my younger brother had been found in his home office. He had passed away, and I couldn't take in what she was saying. I couldn't speak. I just sat and wept. My words could not touch that place. You know, there are a few times in the Hebrew Bible when our words run out. Translators sometimes skip over these passages because they don't know what to do with them. Now, the first one is found in the Bible. It's recorded in Genesis 4. And the text says, And Cain said to his brother, and then it picks up, and it happened when they were out in the field. Now, why are we not told what Cain said? We're left to guess that Cain invited his brother Abel out to take his life, but there are no words. I'm not sure that conversation could really be captured with words. A quote just would not do to explain what happened between these two brothers. Now we have such a place in our text for today. It's Numbers chapter 26, verse 1 to 2. Our translation reads it like this. After the plague, the Lord said to Moses and Eleazar, son of Aaron the priest, Take a census of the whole Israelite community by families, all those twenty years old or more who are not able to serve, I'm sorry, who are able to serve in the army. You know, actually, there's a blank space in the text after the words, and it came to pass after the plague. Now, the translators did not include this space in the text, but it's helpful for us to know that it is here. Why? What can you say after a plague falls upon Israel? 24,000 people died because of the sins of the people. They had turned toward idols, bringing them into their camp, and families were shattered. Though They were so close to entering the land, and this lost happened. It's unspeakable. Words run out. You can only stand silent. The moment is heartbreaking and it's sadness. The reason is because none of what happened needed to happen. It just seemed so senseless. The people had acted foolishly. Now just as the moment between Cain and Abel was heartbreaking too, now we see this moment. Now we know about moments like this. Someone we love dies and we have no word to say. Likely you've experienced a time like this too. Genesis 35 tells us of another such time. Reuben, the son of Jacob, slept with Bilhah, 
his father's Jacob's concubine, and the text comes to a screeching halt. There are no words to talk about how foolish and hurtful this moment was. Now here's the thing about these moments. Scripture almost always marks these moments with what you might call a reset. In Genesis 35, we'll return to the family tree of Jacob. Here in Numbers, we find once again a numbering of the people. It's as if we're returned to the beginning of the book when Israel was first numbered. Why does this happen in Scripture? This is what we need to to understand, and it's what we need. We need to remember whose lives we're looking at. We need to start the story all over again. Yes, we need a reset of our thoughts and a refocusing on the story at hand. And this is often true for us. When we get to places like this, we need to stop and take our bearings all over again. Something so great has happened that we just cannot go on as if as we were. Perhaps we sit and weep. We need time to take it in. And the good news is that the New Testament says that when our words run out, we're not alone. God is there with us. The Holy Spirit joins us. The Spirit of God can bring the longings of our heart before God, communicating what we're just not able to put into words. Here's Romans 8.26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. There are days when our words run out. I was telling about such a day for me a year ago. But the Spirit of God is there and picks up from there, bringing our groanings before the Lord. There are times when our words just don't go deep enough to touch where we are, but God He doesn't abandon us in our grief or isolate us in our loss. He comes to us. Now, as I read these parts of the Hebrew Bible, certainly Jesus was there. On the night he was betrayed, he prayed and likely his words ran out. And we're told that what seemed like drops of blood came forth as sweat. I'm so comforted by this. Jesus knows these moments. I think his part of his part of his purpose in coming to us was to give us the presence of the spirit in the darkest of nights and the deepest of losses so that we might know God's presence and his love no matter where we find ourselves in life. I hope you remember that. I do, when my words run out, that there's a God who's so close to me that and He can put into words the groanings that my own heart feels. Let's pray together. Lord God, we don't even want to think about these moments. We want to run. We want to forget. But we praise You that You never leave us or forsake us. You never turn away. And because of Jesus, we have Your unfailing love. We praise and worship you in the name of Jesus. Amen.